Did Jalen Brown learn an important lesson after scoring 50 points? I hope a few fans learned a lesson, the ones that told me they left the game early. I'll have that, plus a look back at the Phoenix game right now on the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep jumping on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Brandon James, how we started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine here for you Monday through Friday. And thank you for making it your first listen every day, uh, free, available, everywhere podcasts exist. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. You can get this show anywhere you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check it out on YouTube. Every show, if you've missed any, available at LockdownCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I've, I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which you see behind me on the YouTube page. Uh, you can order those at uh, johncorrales.com. There's a link there to buy the books. For a personalized copy, tell me what message you want in there. I will send you the book with the message for $30. Today's show, Celtics were quiet on Monday. Nothing coming out on Monday. Not even so much as an injury report coming out on Monday, and at least not to this point. And so uh, I'm... I didn't talk about the Suns game, so I'll get to that a little bit later. In the second segment, I have a couple of people who sent me messages, one through the the mailbag and one on Boston Sports Journal, telling me they left the game early, and I, I thought it was interesting. So I'll kind of talk about that and, and why they left and what they missed and, and the attitudes right now around the Celtics. So I, I think it's very indicative there. First, let's talk about Jalen Brown's 50-point game some more. I looked through some of the stats, and there are some really interesting stats that I put up on Boston Sports Journal. If you want to go read them all there, I'm not going to tell you everything that I wrote. You're going to have to go check it out. But in the meantime, there were a few interesting stats. And then there was the interesting quote that it just stuck out to me when I was going back through and, and watching and listening. I said, you know what? I think this might, there might actually be a little something here, or at least I hope there's something here for Jalen Brown. But let's let's start with this. The, the most impressive stat that I came up with, the, the most impressive two, I guess I should say. According to the NBA tracking data, Brown was 12 for 15 on contested shots. 12 for 15 on contested shots is really super impressive. Uh, that, I mean, and he was 7 of 14 on open ones. So he shot better on the contested shots. And tied to that, the reason why he was so good on the contested shots, more than half of his, his points came in the paint. In fact, this was a really great shot chart for Jalen Brown. All of his two-pointers, except for one, came in the paint. He was 5 of 10 from three, so he shot threes and at the rim and free throws. That was it. Seven of eight from the line, got to the rim, got to the paint, and then he... he was 50% from three. That is everything you want in a star player's big point outburst. Not a ton of mid-range, although some of the jumpers in the paint were a little, you know, mid-range-y, but it was it was as, as great a performance there 
all told, it was it was really great. And and so why 12 of 15 on contested shots? Why why did the contested shots go in? Most of those were were in the paint. And that's why they were contested. Because he was driving into the teeth of the defense and finding ways around them, finding ways to finish, finding ways to get and ones. That's that's why the 12 of 15 on contested shots. It was impressive that he finished so many, but also impressive that he got in and and basically took those those contested. Not all 15 were contested shots, but most of them were. And the uncontested shots ended up being some of those mid-rangers, some of like it's not he didn't take any mid-range shots. He missed a couple, but most of them were three-pointers. You got some open three-pointers. And hey, look, if you're going to go seven for 14 on uncontested three-pointers, that wasn't the actual number, but if it was it's somewhere in that range, then sign me up. Like, yeah, sign me up to hit half your half your three-pointers. Uh, if, they're con- if they're uncontested, fine, fine. So impressive stats all the way around. There's uh, There are a couple others there. They're on Boston Sports Journal. The quote that stuck out to me after going back comes from Ime Odoka first. And he says, quote, I think I told him that in Minnesota he was rushing a little bit. Just let it come. You've got the whole game to get to where you need to get to. Don't try to shoulder the load by yourself the whole first half. Remember, he was not good in Minnesota. And, you know, in 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 that game, he was forcing things, like, like Ime said. And then... The next part of this quote comes from Jalen, who says, Ime has been great despite some of the bad games I've had and bad reads I might have done. Ime has trusted me. And then he goes on and says, uh, we'll get rolling. We'll get JT back. We'll get the rest of our guys back. These last couple of games, I think I've learned a lot. So where's my like joy in all of this? Where's my like that thing that I pin my hopes on, right? I'm, I'm the guy that just, you read a quote and you go, oh, that, that's me. I go, oh, wait. I'm going to pin some hopes on this quote. Boop. I like what you said there. Let me just come back to that. Well, Ime says, don't try to shoulder your, the load by yourself. The whole first half, you have a whole game to get to where you need to go. Be patient, which means don't press, which means don't rush, which means just take the game as it comes, figure out where you're going to get your thing. You know, the, the best players, the best of the best are playing the long game. In a basketball game, this is nothing that, I mean, you get this at the NBA level and not all NBA players can do this. So I don't even know, like this never even entered my basketball consciousness, but the best of the best, they are setting you up. They have this whole game kind of planned out. Like, all right, how are you playing me? You're playing me this way. Okay. I'm going to give the ball up when I do that. Uh, or like Marcus Smart's a great example. He saw Franz Wagner, uh, turning his back. From time to time, he's kind of measuring this out. He goes, okay, I got this. Here's the pace of this. It's almost like a musician learning a song by ear. And Marcus, like, okay, I see it. I see what's happening now. I got this. And then when he needed to, when Wagner turned and wasn't conscious of what was going on behind him, Smart pounces, rips the ball from him, gets it up, and is a key play to winning this game. Same thing happens on offense a lot of times. Guys can. Let the game kind of happen. Now, sometimes the thing that happens right away is open lanes and open shots, and sometimes you just come out hot, you're feeling it. But in in this case, 
you just say, all right, they're, they're, they're loading up on me. No problem. I will draw these guys. I will dump this over here. If we do this, this, and this, you know, I, I can, I can find my, my places to shoot, but mostly I'm going to let, let the other guys do their thing. But I know that this is how the defense is reacting. And then later in the game, you kind of hit them with the counter to that. And then the counter to the counter. And that's what, that's what Ime is talking about. And what I'm hoping is the lesson learned here from Jalen in this 50 point game is 24 points of this came in the fourth quarter in overtime. 14 of it came in the last four minutes of the game, the last four Oh seven of the game of the fourth quarter at tack on a three pointer in the overtime. You get 17 in that last four minutes, last basically nine minutes of the game. That's huge. But that, that end of fourth quarter stretch where it was just Jalen Brown takeover, that's kind of what Ime was talking about. What I hope is that Jalen takes that and says, okay, I, I think I get it. When he says these last couple of games, I think I've learned a lot. Maybe he's learned that level of patience. If he can learn like, okay, no problem. And this is super important when you get J- Jason Tatum back. It's not a big deal if Tatum comes out and scores 14 in the first quarter. You don't have to be like, okay, now my turn. Just let it flow. Let it happen. There's a whole game here. 48 minutes is a long time. Sometimes you're going to be the decoy. Sometimes you're going to be the facilitator. Sometimes you're going to be the scorer. Just let it happen. If one of the other guys is hot, if Smart is hitting corner threes, or if Rob is open on, on you know, dives into the lane or Al's got to go, whatever it is, let it happen. Feel the flow, let it go. And when it's your turn, when it's your time, you'll see it. Open your mind, open your consciousness, not to go all Kyrie on everybody, but open your mind up to a, it's almost like going from the, the old square TV to the 16 by nine. You're like, Oh, there's so much more here. You've got to be open to how this game is flowing and you don't have to force the game to go your way. Just roll with it, read it, see it, understand how you can manipulate the defense. The best of the best are playing the little marionettes like, okay, no problem. I'm going to let you think that you've got me stopped here. You know, like you've got a couple of moves in your pocket and then they kind of stop you and you go, okay, I'm going to back it out just so they think I'm going to back it out and work the ball around. Cause in the fourth quarter, when I do that move again, I'm going to hit them with this crossover. I'm going to hit them with the Hezzy. I'm going to inside out them. And they're going to be like, what the hell was that? We were stopping that the whole game. You just don't, you don't unveil the whole bag right away. You're playing the long game. So hopefully that's a lesson that Jalen Brown can, can learn. He's only 25. He's only 25. He's still not even in his athletic prime. No one had anything fully figured out at 25 years old. I know I sure as hell didn't. All right. And you probably didn't either hate to say it. And if you're not 25 yet, you're not going to figure it out by the time you're 25 because life is long. So Jalen is still learning and still learning important lessons. So let him learn those important lessons and keep improving. We think he's a finished product. He's not. These guys are not finished products. They're learning a lot. I'm very encouraged by that. The more I thought about it, the more I'm encouraged by that quote. Which brings me to 
The fans who left and are kind of still pissed off. I get it. I understand it. However, we'll talk more about that when we come back. First, let's talk about Truebill. You know, the pandemic has got us all locked inside. People have been signing up. There's all of these streaming services. Oh, I want to see that show. Oh, I want to see that show. I want to see that show. You sign up for 10 different things. Now you look at your bank account. And you're like, why am I paying all of this money? Am I really watching all of this stuff? You can go to Truebill and link all of your accounts to Truebill. And with one tap on the Truebill app, go, nope, don't want it. Nope, don't want it. Nope, don't want it. It even works for those free subscriptions. Generally, people save up to 720 bucks a year. And you can see how that stuff piles up. So... Go to Truebill.com or download the app and you can get a uh, special deal at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. They've saved people tons of money like Matthew B. who said, in a matter of seconds, I've saved 660 bucks a year for my direct TV bill, 120 bucks a year on my SiriusXM bill, save 840 a year on my car insurance. It works. Check it out. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Check it out. You can save a ton. You can save thousands like Matthew. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Locked On Now your second listen every day? It's a great post-game show that has the entire league covered by each local host, a couple minutes from a reaction from each host, so you can get both sides of the story from each game. Check out Locked On Now, wherever you get your podcasts, and on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. So it's funny, I got two messages from two different people after that game. And one of them is from Kevin, who said, uh, actually, he was there at the game. I said it's about five minutes left. He's he's messaging me during the game. It's a five. It's five minutes left in the Magic game, and I don't care. I don't much care if they come back. This is ridiculous. I've always questioned their overall talent, but for the last eighteen months or so, they don't play hard for Brad or Ime. That's on the two supposed stars. My biggest complaint is they're delusional. Two stars are not elite. The roster overall is simply not great, and they have the nerve not to play hard or smart for large portions of games. Isn't that begging for changes? And then I got a message on uh, from a guy named Will on Boston Sports Journal. Says, I left the game with four minutes raining because it was awful. Crowd was booing. Did not want to sit through more of the, the same. Uh, it was simply not entertaining. It looked like Brown was heading for a 40-point night with a loss to a terrible team. I'm, pl- I'm pleased the crowd got an exciting, exciting finish. However, it's not miraculous to tie one of the worst teams in the NBA in that situation. There's only one positive to the game winning. This is a highlight of the season. We are in a poor situation. Okay. And then he says, Brown's trade value should be higher today. Can you tell? I'm frustrated watching these. So yes, it's frustrating. And yes, to Kevin's point, uh, there are changes that are going to be made. Delusional. Um, look, I, I don't I don't think we should be painting this. You know, I, I've, I've taken the Celtics to task on this show, right? Like I, I do think that there's some level of they're not, they're not there yet, right? Jalen Brown is not there yet. Jason Tatum is not there yet. And after a loss or in the midst of what looks like a loss, there's, there's a lot of emotional reaction here. And I don't know, like I, I have a hard time looking at this team and saying, 
that you need these massive, massive changes. You don't need massive, massive changes in, insofar as you're not trading, you're not trading Jalen Brown. You're not trading Jason Tatum. The league is dying for players like this. If you put Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on the trade market, most of the league will be beating down the Celtics door trying to get these guys because every team in the league is trying to get these elite or potentially elite wing players. Are they elite now? No, because one of them is probably not even going to make the all-star game at this point. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, there's probably one all-star spot for these, these two guys. And I don't know who it's going to be. I honestly, I don't know who it's going to be. It might end up being Jason Tatum because he's, he's got a, a, I think he's got a bigger scoring average right now, but also, you know, Jalen missed a bunch of time. So they, I don't know how much they're going to penalize him or how much they're going to penalize Tatum for, you know, he went into health and safety. I don't know, but just looking around the league, I have a feeling that one of those guys is going to get left off. It's only going to be one who makes an all-star team. One of them will, but who? And so they're not at that level yet. Right. But just like I said in the first segment, I know people want things now. It's funny. I was having a conversation with, uh, my Lyft driver going back from the, uh, the game the other night. And he was, he was talking about like, Oh, I don't know which guy I want. I want traded and, and all that. And he, he's 29 years old and we, you know, went back and did the math. And basically around 2001 is when he started to like, he was about eight, nine years old and started to see Boston sports and remember Boston sports and start to like appreciate Boston sports a little bit. You know, those like the kids that are at that age, like eight, nine, 10 years old, going to games, you get your first taste of it. You're like, wow, your, your parents love, love the sport. The, you know, their friends love the sport. They, they're wearing jerseys all the time. You see how excited they're getting. So you're getting excited. And in 2001, there's a Super Bowl championship. And from 2001 up until like recently, Boston sports has been nothing but championship, 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 championship. And the Celtics have won in that span. And so I think there's a lot, a lot of people who have expectations of an NBA team that are a little out of whack that are going on here that don't understand exactly how hard it is to win in this league exactly the types of players that there are also the very unique salary cap circumstances that a hundred percent are involved in all of the decision-making that have to be factored in because this isn't like football. This isn't like baseball. This isn't like hockey. This, the, the NBA salary cap is different. It's just different. And so owning a team is different. And the the, the situation is different for all of these, these teams, right? Like the Celtics are the one team in all of these that doesn't own the building. They're renting the building from the Bruins. You know, they're the, the, the Red Sox owners own Fenway park. The, you know, obviously Bob Kraft built Gillette stadium and owns that these guys are playing in a different playing field, right? Like literally and figuratively. So it's not as simple it's not as simple as the, these calls for like all of these crazy changes. It's just not that simple. You hold on to these guys because it's so much easier 
to try to get them to grow into the types of players that you're hoping they're going to become. And no matter what you say, this is not a finished product. There is a lot that is kind of the foundation of who they are as people, as players, and you're trying to build on that and expand their games. But when you have a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown on the same team that you've drafted, you got to try to make that work. You do everything you can to make that work because the alternative is another deep, deep dive, multiple years, selling, 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 trying to draft the exact type of players that you just gave up and hoping for what? Like you get one or two of these other guys, you basically become the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder who are just sit there struggling. You get in and, and, and maybe you get a, a decent player. Maybe you don't. You could be the Oklahoma City Thunder and fall in, in, in the draft that you were thinking you were going to get Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley or Jalen Green, and you don't. And so the, the alternative here, for everybody who's losing their minds, and I get it why you're losing your mind, the win is a win. The win that you got against Orlando, doesn't matter how you get it now. I said this in the, in the last podcast, after the game. Doesn't matter where that food comes from when you're hungry, Right? You just want to eat and move on. Right now, the Celtics are a hungry team that needs to eat. And every time they get a win, you take it. And, and yes, there are things you want them to be better at. And hopefully they will be better at. But as I said, as I've said multiple times, this team, we still don't know who they are. The starting lineup that Ime wants to play has only played 87 minutes. They still haven't played more than 87 minutes. Meanwhile, the Utah Jazz starting five, which is the most used lineup in, in the NBA, is, is cruising like they, they might be past 500 at this point, 500 minutes. You know, the Celtics are, are that far behind in their starting lineup. So it's, it really is hard, and, and it's, it's frustrating, and you've got to watch these guys play different roles. And Marcus Smart's a starting point guard. Now he's a, now he's a two guard. Uh, you're starting – three bigs with Grant Williams instead of two and, and, and Rob is in and out of the lineup and, and Tatum and Brown are in and out of the lineup. And you hope for a little bit of, a little bit of luck here. I just, I know the patience thing gets old for some people, but I'm sorry. If you think being patient is tough now, how, how are you going to be patient through a rebuild? I think that's the final question I'm going to ask. If you can't be patient through a team that's got, two guys who are potential all-stars who have made the all-star team before and have proven to be high-level players. If you can't be patient to see how the, how the Celtics can work through making those two work together, how the hell are you going to be patient through the rebuild that you're calling for? You won't. You won't. And I think some people just want to be nasty. You take the wins where you can get them, and the Celtics did get a win that I didn't talk about against the Phoenix Suns, which I will talk about when I come back. First, I got to tell you about my friends at Crack Sauce, C-R-A-I-C Sauce. They're out of Lowell. This is a local company, Massachusetts, owned by a Celtics season ticket holder, Massachusetts Farms. Give them the ingredients. Massachusetts employees are working there. This is supporting your own and helping a local business prosper. You might think of hot sauce, as peppers and vinegar and, and the level of heat that's just going to blow, blow your mouth open. Crack sauce 
is different. They use 10 to 20 ingredients in each bottle and it focuses on flavor. It's perfect for the home cook or the foodie. It's a fulfilling, flavorful route to creating uh, artisanal craft hot sauces that will enhance your everyday eating experiences. I'm telling you, this is not just your regular hot sauce. It's hot sauce with flavor that you can add to anything that you're cooking, especially now you're cooking probably heavier things like your chilies that need some heat or various soups or roasts or big heavy things that can use a little extra flavor, a little extra heat. This stuff is great. It's versatile. It's multidimensional. They, it's not meant to torture you. Sometimes you want that, fine. This stuff is not meant to torture you. It's meant to add flavor to what you're cooking, what you're eating, and do it with a little extra heat. Golden Pumpkin, the 40 Shades, Mill City Red. I tweeted it out, you can see it. You can go to cracksauce.com, C-R-A-I-C, cracksauce.com for 10% off with the promo code Locked On. It's great, I use it, I love it, it's flavorful. I love the little heat that it gets. They have varying degrees of heat, 10% off, Crack Sauce products at CrackSauce, C-R-A-I-C, sauce.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. Be sure to follow our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockedOnCeltics on Instagram. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Lockdown Bets your second listen? Lockdown Bets hosted by your boy Q, Lee Sterling. They got you covered, pun intended. Get it? Covered? Betting? Locked on bets wherever you get your podcasts. If you're going to throw some money down somewhere, check them out. They might help you out a little bit. Celtics started out that weekend with a win over the Phoenix Suns, 123 to 108. This was a uh, a game where it was a that was the one o'clock start. So I knew right away this was going to be a an early crap fest from the Suns because basically it's an 11 a.m. start for them. The Celtics needed to build a huge lead because the Suns were going to wake up and make a run. It's exactly the way I thought it went. They came out. They built a 30-point lead. This is, you know, it was great. It looked good. Devin Booker looked like crap. He was shooting terribly. Uh, the ball was moving. The Celtics were hitting shots. Uh, and they So they built up a lead by the end of the second quarter, close to the end of the second quarter. They built it up to 30. And it was like, okay, great. Then the Suns come out in the in the third quarter and do exactly what everybody knew was coming, right? They they put a huge, huge run together, cut the lead down to 13. The good thing in this one is that the Celtics actually had answers in this game. So I was impressed that the Celtics were able to take, take that big blow from one of the best teams in the NBA. They were tied with the best record, tied with Golden State for the best record at the time, to take that big shot that they had and give it back, and basically they went on an 8-0 run at the end of the third quarter. So basically they'd lose the quarter by three and give themselves enough pad to kind of hold on. And I thought I thought it was a, a, a fantastic game. Like I, I'm not worried about the giving up the run to, to Phoenix. That was going to happen to every, every team that they played. It didn't matter that it was the Celtics. This wasn't the Celtics coughing it up. This is exactly how that Suns team was going to play that game. Come out like crap, halftime, coffee kicks in, something. Then you come out and you're like, all right, let's roll. They didn't have Jay Crowder. They didn't have DeAndre Ayton. 
they 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 struggled a bit. What we saw in that game was the triple double from Robert Williams, which was ten points, eleven rebounds, ten assists. Um, he says he didn't he didn't really know that he had it, but uh, Jalen Brown, who hit the shot to give him that tenth assist, said he knew. Uh, Horford had seven assists there as well. They were the main assist guys. Uh, Marcus Smart, I thought, was really good in there. Kind of, this was before Schroeder got back. So, Marcus Smart, starting point guard, I thought he was a very steadying force. Rob and Al, they they started Grant in that in that uh, third spot, uh, which was which was pretty good actually. It, it didn't work out great, but I, I understood the defensive uh, decision to do that. They wanted to to have that extra guy so they could switch a little bit and not, not give up too much size. So, but I thought playing, playing through their bigs was, was great. And it's great to see Rob. Hopefully that right big toe sprain is not a big deal. He did try to go in that, in the last game, but uh, couldn't go against Orlando. So hopefully he goes against the San Antonio Spurs because running through their bigs, running through Al, running through Rob is, is a great way to get these guys moving and going. And one of the things that I loved about this game, running the offense through the bigs means you're pulling the bigs up to the top and that allows cutting lanes. That was probably the best cutting game that we've seen from the Celtics in a long time. Probably why Romeo Langford and Josh Richardson and Peyton Pritchard were as good as they were. They combined to shoot 15 of 24 together. They, they outscored those three. Ime only went eight deep in this game. Those three doubled up the Suns bench 46-23. A lot of a lot of cutting, a lot of ball movement and a lot of what I want to see more of, which is get the ball up top, especially you know, you start out with Rob and Al and that takes away some of the space for cutters. That's part of why I don't want them to start together. Okay, so so Ime is going to do that. For now, it seems like that anyway. But they they don't play together the whole time. So you can start playing like that and and once one of them leaves the floor, you can get back into Rob in the high post and cutting behind him and Al Horford in the high post, or actually Al Horford in the low post and cutting behind him. Cutting behind those guys, cutting when those guys have the ball, and those guys, the impact that they have making the passes is so huge. A, it, it spreads that defense out and it, it forces them to make decisions. B, it gets guys like Jalen Brown and Tatum and Langford going because you get a couple of easy baskets on those cuts. Next thing you know, you've got a couple of you got a couple of points in the box score and you're feeling it. You're feeling good. You want that ball in your hand again. That confidence is there. And so much of basketball is just confidence. Shooting with confidence, playing with confidence, you're loose, you're free. Everything just flows. It feels great. So get these guys up top more. And and hopefully what we'll see is the evidence pile up that there's better offense when those guys aren't playing together. And so maybe, maybe you, obviously there's better defense when those guys are playing together. So maybe you have like, do you, do you want to close the game with an offensive boost? Do you want to close the game with a defensive boost? And you kind of work it through that way. But I, I thought, it, I thought that Suns game really showed and you know, the Suns didn't have, they were shorthanded and they didn't have a lot of rim protection. So it was a little bit easier for the Celtics, but regardless, that's still the way that we, we want to see them play. You know, they put up, they put up big points in that game. I want to see more of Rob, the passer, Rob, the passer is such a huge, huge asset 
for the Celtics. I want to make sure that the Celtics aren't wasting, as I've said m- multiple times on this podcast, wasting an A-plus skill from an NBA player. That's, that's not something you want to do very often. All right, that's the show right now. Celtics do have a practice scheduled on Tuesday afternoon. So while you're listening to the show, I might be listening to the Celtics at practice. I'll tell you what happens there. And then I'll bring in my buddy Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs to get a little uh, get you caught up on how the Spurs have been doing. They've been playing a lot better. What we can expect as the Celtics and Spurs get together again. Celtics looking for some revenge on Wednesday. So we'll do a little crossover preview there. Hopefully, hopefully you will enjoy that and stick around and subscribe. If you're new, you want to subscribe for that show so you can get it as soon as it drops, whether it's on the podcast or on YouTube. If you are a regular subscriber, listener, or watcher, make sure that you're spreading the word and sharing the podcast, telling everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.